right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 16, uh, season two of the CCHA show. Perilous Garris here. Uh, we had another uh, kind of wild weekend of CCHA action. And joining me to, to talk about it, Tim uh, Rapley, who now writes uh, for us here at the CCHA. Uh, Tim, welcome to the show. He also has written in a, in a numerous books and uh, covers the league uh, from the Michigan side of things. Thanks for coming, Tim. Yeah, glad to be here. And also our first ever back-to-back uh, -back returning guest, Trent Singer. Uh, Trent, thanks for coming on again. I know it was, it was a little bit short notice, but we're glad to have you here. And because uh, you you cover the the league uh, for the Rink Live, among other among other uh, publications. So thanks for coming. Yeah, glad to be here. I, I it's snowing, so I don't really have any other option. I'm, I'm stuck here. So <laughs> it's snowing there. I, I'm not sure if we've gotten it here yet in the Twin Cities, but I heard it's coming, and for, I'm sure the East Coast has gotten their fair share. So. Sure. Uh, from what I've heard, or my former stomping grounds. Uh, anyway, with that, uh, let's get to what went down uh, uh, last weekend. We had a couple of interesting uh, series. We'll start with uh, Trent's Augustana Vikings uh, taking on Minnesota State at home. There's only the you know second full series, third, third or fourth games at home for them, but they're moving right out of. Uh, the Sanford Premier Center, but what, what was your kind of takeaway from from that one? Well, I mean, we talked about a little bit last week, Perry, about how you know this had an opportunity to become a big rivalry between these two schools. I mean, obviously, we know the ties um, for those of us locally. We really know the ties between Augustana and Minnesota State uh, in the NSIC. I mean, these are these are longtime rivals in, in pretty much every other sport. Um, but man, I mean, what a what a debut for these two to really get started on the ice. Um, I mean, it had a, it. I, I loved what Jared uh, Roboto said. Um, it was a controversial call at the end of the second game that led to Minnesota State's eventual game-winning goal. And uh, I mean, it's true. It was just a, a true rivalry-building moment. Um, and and the whole series had had that. I mean, the first game, Augustana is up three-one going into the third. Um, they gave up two goals in the third period. It's a tie game. Goes to overtime. Augie wins it in the shootout. Um, and then, you know, sure enough in the second game, Minnesota state down one, nothing again, and comes back and wins it, uh, both times though, you, you can't help, but notice that it's Sam Morton involved, uh, had a great weekend. I think he finished with four points, uh, among both games and uh, he really was the one who sparked it. Uh, I, I talked with coach strand after that first game, he didn't like the way that there was maybe too much individual you know, in, individual performances trying to sort of take the game over by themselves. And he, he thought they played much more like a team the second night. And it showed, uh, you know, Keener Rancier gets the win the second night. And uh, and it really is it's due to, to them putting together a, a true team game in a lot of ways. And uh, Adam Isley had the uh, game winning goal uh, with 201 left in the, in the third period. And, and like I said, a, a goal that, that came with a little bit of controversy. I mean, if you saw it there, they call goaltender interference, and it, it looked like Arne Vichad is standing right outside the blue crease, gets cross-checked in, and uh, falls into Rancier, who, uh, you know, may or may not have embellished a little bit to, to draw that call, but that's the game. And, and, uh, and, and I, you know, you could sense a little frustration uh, just from that bench after that, after that call happened. And then, obviously, they give up the power play goal to Isley, um, you know, in those final minutes on that power play. Uh, they were they were 0 of 4 going into that power play, and then uh, they struck on the one that they really needed to. 
Uh, Minnesota State just shown a lot of grit, though, in that win. And and like I've I've kind of alluded to when I've been on this show before, I I think Minnesota State's a, a pretty complete team in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there may be nights where maybe a piece is off. They're not as sound defensively. Um, but it, it feels like the goaltending has been there almost every night. And we know what they're capable of on the offensive side with with that line with Morton, um, you know, and Souter was out the second game. But when he's in the lineup too, uh, another guy who who can really do a lot of damage and, and Isley was a December player of the month. So Minnesota State uh, going into Augustana, getting a good road victory. Um, and uh, it was a, you know, well attended game too, by all accounts. I mean, I think there was over 3000 people both nights. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the final two games here at the Denny Sanford premier center and the, they'll be going into Midco soon. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was an exciting series. It really was. Tim, you wrote about uh, a little bit about this in your rink wrap, which people can find on CCHA.com now and, uh, about Morton and, uh, about his kind of finishing ability, but you folks go check that out. But, uh, what, what were your thoughts, uh, from, from these two games? Um, well, I think uh, Sam made a great case for him to be an All-American candidate. Um, you know, he had four points. I think that team only had five goals on the whole weekend. They, and and he was so solid in, you know, trying to bring the team back on consecutive nights. Um, also, Minnesota State got um, Moravec back, their freshman, um, very important contributor, made a nice contribution, and got, got his second goal of the year. Um and yeah, as uh, Trent was saying, a super rivalry game. What's it about? Uh, hour forty-five minutes, two hours apart from each other. Um, seems like uh, you know those are next-door neighbors as far as uh, Midwest uh, distances are concerned. And um, yeah, Sam Morton uh, closed the uh, Sanford Center. Right? It's not quite Shaquille O'Neal, but uh, you know he uh, ended up with the, his leading his team to a tie and a win. Uh, moving on to the lone CCHA series of the weekend, which was out in uh, Tim's, Tim's neck of the woods with the uh, Bemidji State winning 4-1 to at Ferris on Friday. But the Bulldogs in true CCHA 2023-24 form bounced back and won 5-3 on Saturday. Uh, Tim, we'll stick with you here. Uh, maybe not expected from the, the first and quote-unquote, first and last place teams. And uh, people will point out the number of games, disparity, kind of making things not that exactly true. But that was the case when these two teams met last week. Yes, and um, notice that uh, Ferris had a seven-game losing streak uh, going into Saturday's game. So to jump on, I think they scored two goals early um, and and got, finally got some solid goaltending for all 60 minutes. Uh, Bob Daniels really pleased after the game. Five different... Uh, scored goals um and uh, uh they really needed that um you know they've got a tough stretch ahead of them and uh, to to pick off a win against Bemidji now Bemidji you know they're missing uh not only your our future guest Eric Polkamp right but they're missing Kyle Loaf on the back end as well so um you know that's um you know a tough way to go on the road missing two you know star defensemen and uh so um, I actually uh, projected, I thought it would be a split. Um, and, uh, you know, Bob Daniels' group did, did their job. They're going to have a tough time this weekend, though. Trent, what do you think about, you know, if you're Bemidji, you probably wanted more. I think we I think last week we talked about them wanting to get at least four points from the weekend. They got three. Uh, so 
maybe a little bit of disappointment. You didn't get, they didn't get more than that, but it's a t- first of all, it's a tough place to play. Everyone knows that as far as Ferris State goes. It's tough to get, it's tough to sweep them there. Teams have found that out. Uh, but also, you know, Bulldogs backs against the wall a little bit in in, in some senses, like Tim's talking about seven in a row. Uh, to get those points was was big for them as well. Yeah, and you know, from Bemidji's perspective, I mean, you know, getting that split is is big when you consider everything that they're they've been dealt right now. I mean, they're 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 dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, Judding's out. They've got a lot of guys that that are key contributors in this team that they're just they're just having to do without right now and. Uh, you know, for them to get that split is huge, and and to do it without some of the the guys who they they had at the World Juniors, and you know, with pole camp out, I think Magnuson might was still out too. Mm-hmm. Um, did Magnuson play in that series? I didn't see him in there. Yeah, I think he was still out. So yeah, I mean, yeah, to have those guys out, and and you know, one thing that really is kind of interesting to me about about Bemidji, um. I'd love to go through and just look at what what this team looks like if you take away the first period. I mean, it seems like all their losses, they fall behind early, um, and then they're they're having to scrap back. Uh, they, there might be just those two Saturday crazy come-from-behind wins were the only ones where they fell behind after the first period. I, I, I'd be interested to really look at that, but they jumped out to, a, uh, I believe it was a 3 nothing lead um, into the second period. Uh, the first night and then the second night, sure enough, they fall behind two nothing. And um, it, it, it's going to be one of those scenarios where, you know, how how can this team come out night in and night out? It, when, when you're looking for consistency and every team we've talked about it, Perry, every team is looking for that. The thing with Bemidji is you've got to you've got to find that consistency early in the game. Um, they seem to just obviously fair. It's 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 for any hockey team, right? Like you want to build that that really lead to just, you know, give your goalie a little time and give your, just, you know, let your defense maybe fall into a little bit of a trap. And um, Bemidji's just having to fight back in all of these games. And to, to jump out in that lead is going to be huge moving forward. If they can start to hone some consistency early on in these games in the latter half, I mean, I think I think that that's, that's where you can really see this team solidify itself. I mean, they're at the top right now, but uh, there's so many teams gunning for them. We've talked about the games in hand, and you got teams like Minnesota State um, and Michigan Tech that actually have you know winning records and, and positive goal differentials. So, um, you know they, they're going to need to they're going to need to really hone in on that. And it's it is a tough stretch for them in the second half of the season. But I mean, what you know on the other side, it's it's great for Ferris, um, you know, to to pick up that win, snap that streak, and he knew they were going to be a team that was that was going to be hard pressed in that second game. Um, and they came out and they looked like it. I mean, you know, they 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 had a a rookie of the week in Luigi Benincasa. It's his third one. Uh, he played outstanding both nights. Um, so yeah, I think for Ferris, it's it's a it's a great opportunity for them to sort of ride the ship here. And and you know, they got double digit points in this in these standings now too. So I think they can they can start to make a little bit of a push here in the in the second half as well if they can they can build on it. The last series uh, we had before that we get to the two exhibition games that went on on Saturday was. Uh... Ohio State and Bowling Green playing a home and home uh, opening in Columbus. Uh, the, the Buckeyes swept that series to get back to 500 overall uh, out of the Big Ten. Uh, really tough for Bowling Green, especially because of the fact that, first of all, they scored first in both games, uh, but really it was their penalty kill that kind of let them down. They gave up four uh, gave up four power play goals, including three on Friday in a 6-2 loss. And then the Saturday game was much closer. Um, it was a 4-2 final. Uh, but uh, you know, much closer game that 
Ohio State scored the last two goals in the third period to win four to two. So, and I, obviously, I, I didn't see much of the Friday game, but uh, just because of the busy schedule. But I did. I watched almost all of the Saturday contest, and they looked like it was it was a could have been anyone's game really uh, in there. We'll go with Trent here, and then we'll spin it back to to Tim here. Yeah, uh, you know, I, both goalies got to start. I know Cole yeah. started. Cole Moore started the first night, and um, uh, Christian Stover started the second night. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a rivalry game. I mean, kind of it's it's what to expect is is a little bit of that back and forth in this series. I mean these these two teams definitely you know they have it out for each other each time. Um, but you know it, to see Bowling Green actually jump out to that lead was encouraging. Now, like sustaining that is is a whole other issue. And and you know they, I think they had some defensive breakdowns big time, especially on that on that first night. Um, on the road, but I thought they played a much more sound game from, from what I saw. I, I went back and, and watched a little bit of it, um, the second night. Uh, and I thought they, I thought they looked a little bit more sound. They, they, I know they tied the game up too in the second period. It was like late in the second, yep. uh, Alton Norris, I think scored a goal for him to tie it up. And so you go into the third period, a two, two game, um, at home and, and your, your, your expectations are, are uh you know let's 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 pull this thing out but yeah like you said it's very uncharacteristic for this team what we've seen so far from their penalty kill to 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 kind of uh let them down there they gave up two power play goals the um the second night and uh for them to bounce back from that is going to be is going to be kind of the the big question i mean you know can this can this team re-solidify itself as you know what what they've proven to be the best penalty kill uh in the ccha I think they gave up three power play goals the first night. So yeah. um, five total on the, on the series. And, and, you know, I know, I know coach Eigner is probably stressing that a lot this week uh, to, to shore that up. And um, you know, that'll, that'll definitely be a point of emphasis for them. Yeah. Tim, the Bowling Green outshot to Ohio state 42 to 29 on Saturday and, and still took that loss. So they were, they were peppering the goal, especially early and maybe, if they could have added to that uh, early advantage they had, they maybe could have pulled out the split. Uh, what what did you think about this series? Uh, that an annual one between these two clubs uh, in our conference. Well, um, first period, uh, quite interesting. This is Stover's return uh, from yeah. the wrist injury after two months, and um, Bowling Green was leading in shots. I believe it was nine to zero when Stover saw his first shot, and uh, Bowling was leading one nothing, and he lets in the first goal. So that's got to be a little discouraging, but he did did fight back. I thought Bowling Green had a chance to, you know, extend their lead. They had a chance to blow them out in the first period. The place was packed. 5,000 people in the Madhouse on Mercer. It was one of the more entertaining games. Uh, they battled the whole time. Uh, uh, Dalton Norris's goal uh, to tie it up in the second period. The place was absolutely jumping. Um, very good theater. You know, we all look for uh, entertaining games as we switch around on our you know, streaming devices. And this was a good one to stick with. Uh, very, very tough game for uh, Bowling Green to swallow, you know, in terms of the Battle of Ohio. Um, no one's beaten the Big Ten. Um, CCHA hasn't won a Big Ten game and Ohio State hasn't won a Big Ten game. So tough conference. It would have been great to have picked one off. And the, uh, the, the troubles with non-conference games continues for the CCHA. But this one... Uh, no one was asking for their money back after this game, Perry. <laughs> yeah, it sounded loud, and that's what you want to see from historic you know, programs, historic buildings like like the Slate. Yeah, go ahead, Tim. Oh, one last thing, and, and this 
sort of uh, symbolizes the frustration for Bowling Green. Uh, turns out that uh, empty net goal uh, on a crazy play was touched with a high stick like 10 feet after the shot. So it traveled another 160 feet after it was touched with a high stick. They never reviewed it. The broadcast guys were pretty alert to find find that, hey, I think that was tipped. And then suddenly play is going on. Um, so uh, that sort of, um, you know, stuck a dagger into the Falcons. But nevertheless, a good game with a little bit of irony attached. Yeah, 13 penalties in that in that second game, too. You can definitely sense the rivalry in that. I think eight for <laughs> Ohio State. Like, it was – I think yeah. that's a lot big reason why Bowling Green outshot them, too, right? Like, they yeah. just didn't stay out of the box. Yes. Yeah, that's where you get your shots. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they had, let's see, uh, 20 shots in the power play. <laughs> yeah, and they went two for eight, did yeah. the uh, Falcons on night number two. Uh, do you want to talk about, or at least to bring up the two exhibition games that went on? One was sure. a home game for St. Thomas. They – it looked very good against Minnesota Duluth. Now, like we'll get to the second one as well, but you don't, there's, you can't really take a ton away from the result from these games. But it was, if you heard from, if you read what Tim wrote and heard from, uh, the, the locker room uh, post game from St. Thomas there, uh, Enrico, that uh, it, it was it was an important effort from from them. Tim, is that kind of what you took away from that? Well, especially the preceding two games. They had been swept. St. Thomas was swept out of Vermont. They go to the right. Green Mountains. They get pushed around, shoved around. And they're down players. I mean, they're down to their minimum players. They only have seven healthy defensemen. They had to uh, bring a kid in, Jace, I forget his last name, in the middle of the uh, middle of the season. And he's getting 20 minutes a game. So they're down to the nitty-gritty, uh, very lean on their roster and they needed a good performance, right? This is an in-state rivalry. This is the toughest place to play in the state of hockey, Division One hockey. And to take uh, one of the brand names, three to one, and it looked like both teams were really trying to execute out there. They, they, unlike the other exhibition, this was a pretty serious game. And um, I don't know if you um, posted that um, uh, tweet or the X from... Um, St. Thomas locker room, but it's fascinating stuff. And, and Rico's saying, hey, look, we've got all these games in hand. So every shift, every second counts. Don't take any time off. We need all these points. So um, uh, pretty hardcore drama in the state of hockey down in St. Paul. Yep, it is in there. And uh, yeah, Chase Cheslock, who is uh, NHL draft choice. He's from Rogers, Minnesota, 6'3", freshman defenseman. And yeah, you, you know, you don't see it often, you know, guys come in at midseason. It does happen. A lot of times it's a goalie. Uh, that a team is missing. I know that's happened previously okay. places I've I've seen, but yeah, you know they bring in the, one of their you know, their you know key recruits there uh, early to to try and help out the squad in here in twenty three twenty four. Trent, what do you think about the the St. Thomas game before we move on? Yeah, it, I know. Obviously, it was one I didn't get to see. Um, I, Chase Cheslock, though, had, you know, he had three shots and he was a plus two. Um, so he 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 was solid. You know, he's, he definitely had an impact there. Um, and then yeah, you know. I think it's important to note that the the goaltending for St. Thomas is still, you know, doing what it it's been doing all season. I mean, Trotter and and Cybell both shared time in net and allowed one goal combined. Maybe that's the maybe that's the path moving forward. Let's switch them out mid game and <laughs> see how that works. But no, uh, it, it it when you have got two goalies who are playing as well as they are. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see him 
come in, you know, in an exhibition game against a Duluth team that we've seen. I mean, early on in the season, they were putting up some big numbers and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're having uh, their own struggles right now. It, it, but, but uh, still it's, you know, that, you know, they can recruit, you know, uh, even these guys that, that are coming in and chomping at the bit to, to play um, have a lot to prove. And so uh, for Cybell and, and, and uh, Trotter to stand tall, I know Cybell gave up the goal. Um, Trotter stood tall. Uh, throughout the whole his whole t- time in the night, I know he started and then Cybell spelled him in the second. So um, to see that those two continue to 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 you know prove themselves between the between the pipes is 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 really important. And then the last game of the weekend was uh, the Upper Peninsula rivalry in exhibition form: Northern beating Michigan Tech seven two. I know they played a uh, an exhibition game back re- coming out of the uh, coming out of the COVID at tech so when the ncaa first allowed teams to play other ncaa teams as in exhibition games that wasn't allowed until post-covid uh but this was kind of uh a return visit if you will but anyway uh as as uh tim pointed out no piedalas were involved in this one and it was a 7-2 northern uh, win uh the team that had been off more i think they played obviously more of the players under gone to a couple of goals uh, for them, uh, you know, Tech using a couple of goalies, neither of them, Blake Piedela and Max Varanen and Michael Morelli in this game. But uh, Trent, anything really to take away from from Tech side or Northern side in either case? Well, I mean, you know, good for Northern for pulling this win out. I mean, they, they it's a, like I said, it, it's an interesting one because these guys are such big rivals uh, to have uh, – you know, to have this game and schedule it at this point in the season when you're going to probably be meeting, you know, here in early February again yep. is definitely unique. Um, but yeah, you know, for, for, you know, Michigan or Northern Michigan to come out and, and really get there, um, you know, just kind of get some of the, some of the rust off and, and get going again here going into the second half. It's huge. And, uh, you know, Andre Gantu's got a couple goals and uh, I think Ryland Van Unen had uh, three points in that game. And then, you know, in net, they were able to split some time uh, between Halas and, and Glockner. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, great for them. And, and, you know, the outcome is going to be what it is. If you have no Pietalos involved, it's just like half their production. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isaac Gordon, a goal and assist for Tech. Uh, uh, Laurie Raymond had a goal. Uh, but getting a chance to get Max Varanen uh, in net, I'm sure he wasn't happy with the results. He gave up five goals in two periods, 18 saves. But I mean, at the same time, you're you're not having the the same group ahead of you. Sometimes it, it can make it difficult. As as Blake Piedel has found out this year, sometimes with some of the the issues in front of him early on in the season, that seemingly Tech is corrected by the GLI and and where they are now. Uh, but uh, Tim, what, what do you think about this one from from both teams' perspectives here? Well, this this reminds me of uh, uh, exhibition baseball, the the Grapefruit League, when you have a split squad. Right. And so they left, <laughs> have, you know, yeah. have their defense corps back in Houghton and they go out there and, you know, they're basically this was an audition for fourth line minutes for Michigan Tech. And uh, that's what Coach Sean talked about. But they kept one line intact. Right. You've got Swankler with Gordon Mosley and they had, uh, you know, a ton of shots on goal. They worked the power play well. And, you know, this is perfect to have an exhibition game for Swankler to get comfortable with his line mates. You picked up an Another two helpers here, and those stats don't mean anything other than, um, you know, this is the only praise that uh, Sean had after the game is that he liked the plays. He says, yes, they are legitimate line. 
they're playmakers and they're making a lot of plays. Though there are some defensive liabilities. And if you ask, um, you know, uh, Swankler's former coach Eigner says, yeah, offense is his resume and he may be a, a little bit of a liability defensively. But when this guy comes on, it's like, don't go make your popcorn when Swankler's on the ice, especially with these two linemates. They both got at least 10 goals. And uh, they make stuff happen. They made a lot of happen in the Great Lakes Invitational. And it's going to uh, be very entertaining uh, hockey coming out of uh, tech from here on in. Yeah, that group had five points on the day. Uh, five shots on goal for Swankler was seven and four in the faceoff circle. Also blocked a shot defensively for folks wondering what he's doing at the inside his own blue line there. He didn't block a shot. Uh, as far as the stats go there. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk to a uh, gold medalist uh, at the World Junior Championships, uh, Eric Polkamp, uh, coming right up. So stick around for that. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. Score. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, joining us on the CCHA show is Bemidji State freshman defenseman Eric Polkamp. And, uh, you know, Eric, fresh off your uh, world championship gold medal, we just want to welcome you to the show and uh, welcome back to the United States, I guess. How long have you, how long have you been back? I've been back since Saturday, so I'm kind of used to the time zone change now, but uh, that was probably the worst part, heading over there and coming back, but um, we're all good now, so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I have to ask you this one first before I let uh, Tim and uh, and Trent ask you something, but what was, the, I saw, we, there's a photo I saw of you hugging the uh, World Junior Championship mascot. What, what, what happened there? <laughs> I was just on my, <laughs> I was just on my way back to the locker room, and we have this big sign it said world champs i think we took the picture like a team picture with it yeah so i grabbed that thing and then was walking back to the locker room and then the mascot uh was in the hallway and then he just like opened his arms up for a hug so i just gave him a big old hug so <laughs> i'm happy someone got that picture it's kind of funny they're very funny uh tim uh question for for eric and his trip yeah first thing where are you going to put the gold medal and is it uh, in a case by itself or is it next to some little leg uh trophies where, where does it belong in the trophy case, Eric? Well, we won one at Junior A Challenge, so I'm going to do that with that one. And then it was really nice. We got to keep the blue jersey, and then I got the white one from Junior A. So we're going to – my dad's a woodshop teacher, so he's going to cut up some of my USA sticks and then kind of frame it and make that. So he, he'll figure something out, but we'll do something for sure, absolutely. Yeah, hey, Eric, I mean, I, I I'm just really curious, you know, the opportunity to go and do this, you know, if you, when, when, when you look, kind of look at the disparity, you know, you're, you're playing college hockey and then to, to sort of jump into this international play um, and go and compete with some of the best players, you know, at your age level in the world. I mean, what, what was the experience like in getting to play uh, with some of these guys and some of the biggest names that, that we know of here at this, at this level? Yeah, I mean, even though those guys are still fours, they're still the best players in college hockey. Um, and then just like the practices are so high intense. I mean, these guys are so competitive every single day for the games. And they're just an average person out there. It's super cool to talk to and everything. But as soon as they step on the ice, it's it's kind of a whole new person. And these guys are just – it was so fun competing with them every day. I mean, 
The drills are so high intense that you get treated so well there too. I mean, there's a protein shake waiting in your locker room after the game. And um, no, it was just everything that kind of went into it and all the small details that came along with it. Um, yeah, I couldn't complain at all. Uh, Eric, uh, you know, Casper, one of your college teammates played over there. How much interaction did you get to have with him or, you know, with any other, the teams that were going on? What was the kind of living <clears throat> conditions like? Yeah, his hotel was kind of across the street from mine. Um, I didn't get to see him much. I mean, just before we played him in the warming up area, I said hi and gave him a little hug, but um, no, not too much. I mean, they're pretty strict. Um, like, cause there was, it was kind of a business trip. I mean, we want to win gold right. and like we did, but um, no, we, we talked after the game and got a good, nice picture and um, no, he's awesome. Uh, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Um, Eric, were you in touch with uh, coach territory? It must've been a, a relief when you saw that they, swept Ferris uh, your first weekend away actually um well, I think it was BG weekend um the first weekend and my brothers right. went yep. to Boy my brothers went to Bowling Green so I got I got to trip them a little bit for Bemidji sweeping BG so um that was my favorite weekend uh <laughs> for sure out of all, all the games I miss were you in the airport when you're getting that news because uh you were taking off right around then I don't know actually when you got um the, the pre-camp ended um, those two games, so I was in the U.S. still. Okay. Um, and then I didn't get to watch the St. Cloud games. And then the Ferris, uh, I got to see Saturday's game at the airport when I was heading out. So uh, I tried to watch as much as I could. Is it weird to be torn between two teams while the other it, one's it, playing? Yeah, I hated it. I, 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 I felt like I should be out there just watching the games. It just felt super weird. and uh, <laughs> But I'm super happy to be back and can't wait to play again. How about the championship? Yeah, how about the championship game, Eric? I mean, uh, you know, what was that environment like? You know, obviously it was electric in that third period, just watching it on TV. But I mean, to be there in person, uh, you know, you're going against the 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 home team. Um, it, it, what was that? What was that sort of like for you? I mean, it felt felt like you see those European soccer games on TV. That's what it felt like. I mean, they're they're chanting back and forth to each other and. They had the big flags going around the arena, and I don't think they ever sat down. I mean, they're always <laughs> chanting, clapping their hands, and um, they did a really awesome job. I mean, that was that would probably be one of the funniest games I played in my career. Um, just watching, just playing, and oh, it was it was super cool just to experience it all. How about just being in Sweden? I mean, is that the first <sighs> time there? I'm assuming, and what was that? Yeah, like? it's the first time I've been over the pond, so um, now that was super cool. Uh, the food's really good, and so they actually like spoiled us. I mean, USA did, and everything that came in the IHF, IHF. Um, but it was awesome. Like, I couldn't complain, and um, so happy. Well, the good news is you get to see flags again in a couple of weeks when you go to Michigan Tech because they have a, a similar atmosphere to to I think Sweden at up in Houghton there. <laughs> yeah, I heard it's a really I heard it's a really fun place to play, and um i'm kind of bummed out we got a bye weekend this weekend and then in a couple weeks but uh we're pretty banged up right now so we need it but um no that'll be a super fun series and can't wait to hit the ice again was that the best uh singing of the national anthem in, in your career or i guess you you said you said you won with in juniors previously or you won uh another championship so did it feel the same kind of a similar vibe I mean, the junior A one was was a lot of fun, but this one, I mean, just all yeah. the congratulation texts and just everything that came with. It. I mean, you don't realize how big it is until you actually win one. I mean, even like your elite prospects will go on that and a little medal next to your name, and 
Um, no, it was, I mean, it was celebrated the whole night and it sucked. Our plane ride was at 4am, but uh, <laughs> it was just, it was just great. And, um, the crowd there. And I mean, you could hear a pen drop after we won the game and, um, no, I wish I could relive it over and over and over again. Hey, Eric, question about the, uh, was there a brotherhood with the fellow Minnesotans? You had no shortage of Minnesota players and coming home with the gold. That must've been great for the state of hockey. Yeah, I mean, you hear like a lot of those kids play on the uh, national program. So I think it was like 18 and then there was like three USHL guys and then three OHL guys. So, I mean, all those guys know each other. And then we had a lot of seminars and meetings before camp and um, just inviting people and becoming friends and becoming brothers. And after all the after the camp's over, I mean, I could text any one of them right now and they text me back in instant. I mean, those guys are awesome. Um, not only, yeah, like I said, now they compete on the ice and they're so annoying to play against and just nasty and, but they're great humans off the ice. And, um, the Minnesota is really cool. I know we had, I think eight or something like that on it. And that just proves all the state of hockey is just so good and how they produce. Great. You got one. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of a, a connection here that, you know, I cover Augustana and, and, uh, but Augustana's coach Garrett Rabin was there uh, as an assistant coach. And I'm curious, you know, did, did you know coach Rabs at all beforehand or, you know, getting to work with him, what was that sort of like for you? And, uh, you know, I know he's, a, he was a former defenseman too. So you guys might, you guys have that in common. No, I heard of him. And then actually the first thing he said to me was like, um, the two and eight area code. He's from Detroit Lakes. I didn't know he was from Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. So right, uh, right there and then we kind of built a relationship. And he's just an awesome guy. And he's so full of energy. And you can mess around with him, and he'll mess around with you. And you can give him a little chirp here and there. But no, he was awesome. Um, he was mostly doing like our video for the game, so he wasn't on the bench. But during practice, he was flying around actually on the ice and doing the drills. But um, no, he was a great coach and a great human. How about uh, just the reaction from from the Bemidji fans? I mean, coming back here, have, have you, have you uh, what's it sort of been like for you? And just in terms of of how everybody's sort of re, you know received received you back? Yeah, I think um, a little under the radar, and then kind of like, I don't think Bemidji's really known about the World Juniors much, like yeah. the fans and everything that kind of with it came with it. So I think I think me and Casper were the first to play in that tournament, active players, and then. Uh, I think I was the first player to medal in that tournament. So that's super cool to bring it back here. Um, we're doing like a little autograph signing Thursday. So hopefully I'll bring the medal and hopefully people can see it. And um, I'll share out a bunch of stories here and there. And um, no, it was really cool to bring it back here. How about just coming back to practice? I mean, just coaches and players. I mean, what was that like for you? <laughs> yeah, they're all calling me Captain America now and stupid <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, no, that guys have been awesome. I mean, they're texting me after the game. We won and congratulations. And um, they're trying to steal all my USA stuff and just, just messing <laughs> with me. But no, they're great about it. And uh, that's awesome. What did you, uh, Eric, what did you think of that news of, uh, you know, the, the Twin Cities getting the 2026 WJC championships? That's got to be pretty cool for the state. And I'm, as a fellow Minnesotan, I'm excited about it. Yeah, we heard about it a couple of days before it got released. And we were all the Minnesota guys were like, wow, that'll be unbelievable. Um, I mean, all those Minnesota kids all playing it. I mean, sure, I'll, I'll have a ton of family, friends, and I'll probably even watch it. I mean, make the two-hour drive from Brainerd or Bemidji and um, come watch. I mean, I mean, I think every person, every hockey person, should at least go to one game. I mean, that talent there is just ridiculous, and um, no, it's super cool. It's super good for the state of hockey too. Quick question, Eric: um, Was the um... San Jose uh, uh, contingent out there at all? They must have been pretty pumped with uh, with the result. 
Yeah, I mean, Will, me and Will Smith were on the team. That's so, right. um, I mean, they were, they were out there, obviously. And obviously, they're sending you congratulations and um, talk to them there. And no, I mean, it was really cool for us. To, and they posted something on social media. And um, it was nice that we got two prospects to win a gold. And I think Sweden had two, so they medaled in silver. So, um, no, it's great for our organization. You know, Eric, at this point in the season, like, you know, to 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 go into this international play, get this opportunity, get this experience. I know you're um you're a freshman who's who's well beyond his years, uh, in a, in a lot of ways. But uh, you know, how, how can this experience sort of um, you know, give you a little uh, little boost as you as you guys do go into the second half of the season? I mean, you personally, just to to kind of build your confidence a little bit as you guys uh, make this run down the stretch. Yeah, I kind of took this tournament going into it too as like a more of like a learning experience. I think just to see how all these guys, all these big time guys operate and what they do and just like the little stuff um, they do off the ice and on the ice and just pick up things here and there that hopefully I can make into a habit later on. And um, hopefully that will boost my confidence. And obviously playing in that at that speed and like how good those guys are definitely like the college is a little slower, but not as physical. Um, but no, I think there'll be a ton of boost of confidence. So um, no, I'm looking forward to hit the ice again. Did you feel at all like uh, not to go back to too much to the final, but do you feel at all like the a, a villain, you know, playing the role of villain there in, in in Sweden? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, right as soon as we they announced the teams going out of the ice, you just got a huge boo, and it was so <laughs> fun. I mean, every time we scored, there wouldn't be no cheering. I mean, even there was probably eighty percent Canada fans. No, no, Sweden fans and then 20% Canadian fans there. So, I mean, they, they didn't want us to win either. So, um, no, that was just crazy. And I, I think a couple of guys blew kisses to the crowds. I mean, the sounds yeah. were obnoxious, but <laughs> um, no, it was just great. All in fun, I'm sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we we got time for a couple more from from Tim and, and, and Trent before we let you go. Absolutely. Go ahead, Tim. Um, I'm wondering... Um... You don't want to reveal too much about Kyle Loaf, but I know how much you appreciate him as a captain. Um, they could really use some help on the blue line. Um, do you feel like you're ready to uh, to shoulder the load on the power play and 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 with the minutes on the ice? Yeah, absolutely. I think I can do that. And we've had some other guys step up and play big roles too. Um, Tony Fulmer has been playing a lot more minutes now, and he's been really good on the defensive side. So I think we'll have a couple more guys hopefully step up a little bit. And if there's a little more load on me, I will absolutely take that load. And um, I mean, I, like I said before, we got a couple of bye weekends. So hopefully Lufty's back after the Michigan Tech series or the Augustana series. So um, no, he should be back in no time. So I know I'm going to miss him on the road trips. He's my roommate partner. So. <laughs> And that means all that means the rooms to myself though, so I can't complain. <laughs> I know, I know, Eric. You scored a goal in that series. I mean, what was that like for you? Just to you know, get to light the lamp there once. Yeah, I think just saying you could score in the World Juniors. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing. I mean, I think I scored like the eighth goal or whatever. And but no, just saying, <laughs> just saying you could score in the World Juniors, and I think that was just really special for me and my family. Absolutely. Well, uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on the, the CCHA show and uh, and taking some time. I know it's going to be fun talking to, you know, some of your fans out there for the, for the signing you're doing uh, coming up here. And just to get back into the, the college swing, I'm sure is uh, I'm talking about the sleep, getting back on schedule, too. I'm sure you're, you're happy to be back in the United States after the win. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Back here on the CCHA show, uh, looking ahead to next weekend or this coming weekend i should say and it's a short week because we have games 
on Thursday. I'll be there, in fact. Uh, it'll be Michigan Tech at St. Thomas to open up that weekend series. They take uh, Friday off and then play Saturday. So there's two, one game Thursday, two Friday, three Saturday. number of teams are off as we talk about here. But uh, let's get to that opening series, uh, Tim. And uh, it should be an interesting one. Tech and St. Thomas, two teams in search of home ice uh, and, uh, you know, seemingly headed in the same direction, which is in a positive one, both after Tech's GLI appearance and St. Thomas's exhibition uh, just last week. Yes, um, this is a game between uh, two of the big three. I think we can categorize uh, Tech, uh, St. Thomas and Bemidji as, you know, the, the power trio of this league right now. Um, uh, oh, excuse me. And Minnesota State. So Don't I guess forget about, I about to say. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota State is, is actually the trio more than Bemidji. Sorry. Um, sorry about the stumble. But it's two of the big three. St. Thomas um, has, has played so many more games than everybody else. So they really need to defend those points um, at home. I think Michigan Tech, I predicted they would, they would win the first game. But then, you know, here's this Thursday-Saturday uh, format. I'm not sure why they did that, but maybe there's so much good – Friday high school hockey. They didn't want to compete with that. So you've got uh, Tech who's going to be walking around in the, in the probably Mall of America, you know, maybe seeing if, if, you know, there's some NHL hockey to see. And they're going to be walking around. Um, I think that might curb their momentum a little bit. Um, St. Thomas is short players, but, you know, they've got such good Minnesota pedigree out there. I think they're going to find a way to get points, if not a split in game two. But I think it's going to be, a super solid series. And as you recall, uh, St. Thomas got one first place vote in the poll and it came from Joe Sean. So he's got a lot of respect for these guys. Right. Yeah. I think uh, Tim nailed that on the head. I mean, you, these are series that if, you know, these teams at the top, they have to win these at home. Um, So for St. Thomas, I think it's, it's, Super important. Um, and but but on the other side, your tech's been proving that they um have the ability to go in and just get points every weekend. It doesn't matter kind of what you're doing, they're averaging, I think, two points a game uh in the CCHA, which is which is the highest. I mean, they're uh they have a, they have I think four games in hand now against Bemidji. I might be three or four, it's something like that. And they and they're right there. I mean, they're like four points behind with with that. Yeah. So uh it's it's just really uh, you know, on, on text text part, it's like, just, it's about continuing to get this Swankler line going. Um, like, like Tim has said, I mean, with those line mates, with those wingers outside of him, those guys have proven to be able to score all season and, and tech hasn't been blowing everybody out offensively. Um, so if they can really find kind of their offensive mojo in a lot of ways and, and really get going on the offensive side, um, you know, I think you're going to start seeing a little bit more consistency from them defensively. We know that that's kind of where they're young. Um, but again, you have a guy like uh, a freshman, like Chase Pietola, who, um, has a lot of upside. Um, it's a guy, Joe Sean li- likes a lot. And, 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 uh, to see, to see how tech can, can perform here on the road is going to be key. Um, for St. Thomas, you know, what are we going to see from Chase Cheslock in this one? You know, he, I, I think he, it looked like just from the stat, from the score sheet, it looked like he, he was a presence in, in that exhibition game. And, um, you know, will that translate here into, into a very meaningful game? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a unique series for St. Thomas. 
Also, uh, I, I one thing I've noticed from from Coach Blasey is when this team plays within its structure and plays uh, sound, they're I mean they're as good as anybody in this league, and they've proven that by with some of their their key games early in the season going into Minnesota, um, you know the St. Cloud series. I mean they, they've proven that they that they can you know they can really match up with some some good teams when they when they can kind of put it all together and play sound uh, in all three zones. And uh, can I uh, add yeah. some more to this? Um, you know, when you look at the schedule St. Thomas has played, they've taken a couple of Friday days off. You remember the Bemidji series where they played poorly. Then even though they got swept, they played much better on Saturday. That happened again uh, at Ferris State. They had a, a rough uh, outing on Friday. Uh, and then Rico's message uh, resonates where every you can't take a shift off and then they play to their identity is what he calls it. So yep. that's why I think they're going to be better off in the second game. Also, um, Luke Manning won the uh, uh, the, the game puck. Uh, there was a, a Jack Hughes analogy in, in the video, and, and he scored a wonderful goal. And um, I'd love to see him flying around out there. We always talk about, you know, uh, players to watch, reasons to watch. And I think Luke Manning of St. Thomas is one of those guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we see him score some pretty uh... – magical goals this year and you know they have a lot of st thomas has a lot of guys who when put in a one-on-one situation are very technically sound and i think that's something that's certainly different from two years ago st thomas obviously when they were, when they were just starting out and, and just building up this program to have guys that have that kind of uh that stick skill that you you look for in, in a top program here uh do want to point out these two teams meet next at the very last weekend up in houghton so i mean this this could be a, a kind of a preview of, of who wins the McNaughton potentially. Uh, with, uh, I'm not sure about Min- Minnesota State in the picture. Minnesota State will have their say as well. We know that. But just just it, it's it, it's certainly possible the way these teams are playing right now uh, that this could be at least, you know, the, the, the cup could be in the building, I guess you could say, uh, for those teams. I'll let you, you, the bold, I'll let you be the Go ahead, Perry, Pat. I'm going to be the bold one to make that assumption in this league because there's like eight. There's I'm not making a prediction. I'm saying we might have to <laughs> we might have to bring the cup somewhere. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it might be Houghton. That's it. It could be. Uh, you know, where where else could it be that weekend? Uh, let's see. It was if you know it, you know secretively or you know they want these teams to be Bemidji's home that weekend. Uh, Minnesota State is oh Minnesota State's hosting Bemidji. So let's just park it in Albert Lee. You can put it in the middle. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and Park then we'll, in the middle somewhere. Let's just yeah, let's find the most central location of the of the entire. Like, let's put a geographical mm-hmm. map across together. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be right there, in Wisconsin. We'll just leave it in Madison somewhere. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you guys. Are, we'll leave you in charge of coming up with the location of where that <laughs> cup's gonna McNaughton Cup will be on the last weekend of the regular season. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to make that make that point because you know the, you got the two teams. It's kind of a little. A symmetry between now here the kind of the start sure. of the second half for some of these teams league wise and then the end of that uh regular year uh yeah it should be an exciting series i'm looking forward to i haven't seen too many teams in person this year i did see i was at the st thomas uh gopher game at the x which was very exciting if we can get anything close to that this weekend i'll be all for that six five <laughs> overtime drama uh as uh oh yeah i do want to point out i did i was also at the i saw jimmy snuggers grew a hat trick not CCHA related, but uh, on Monday night, I was there to see the Gophers and Colorado College play. So just doing some 
scoping out of the college hockey landscape. I don't get to watch many games in person just because of the fact that we have so many uh, teams that play on Friday and Saturday, uh, usually. Anyway, uh, Capo Cup action here gets uh, finished up this weekend. Northern heads to the Sioux to take on Lake Superior State. The Wildcats have a three-goal lead in the uh, Cup uh, competition. It's it's total goals which decides the Cup. So not insurmountable. You see, you know, Northern's up two nothing as far as wins goes, but that doesn't necessarily you know decide things. If the Lakers can have a big win this weekend and they're at home, then you know that it really could be anyone's series still, regardless of of results on Friday. But uh, anyway, uh, I know. Tim, you're probably more familiar with this this competition, so we'll let you speak on this first. Well, you know, the Lakers had a rough holiday, right? Um, two goals in two games. So their sticks are ice cold right now. And Northern, on the other hand, they're just jumping for the back rack, to use a baseball analogy, right? They had uh, uh, 13 guys on the score sheet, uh, seven goals, and, and they were just having uh, – a heck of a time. It's a. It's not that bad a bus ride for them to go to the Sioux. I think they're going to um, uh, be uh, very uh, offensive-minded. Um, here's one point. Andre Gontus has 95 assists. Uh, he's hoping to get to that 100 assist mark. Not many people do that. Brandon Cruz, I just found out, is the last guy to have hit uh, 100 assists. A uh, uh, name familiar to all the CCHA fans out there. Um, so I think right now you've got to call um, Northern the favorite and uh, Lake State's going to be hard pressed to um, withstand the offense. We got to see if they get, get some goaltending. So I'm going to declare um, Northern the favorite in here. They've already got what the two games in hand for the, uh, the illustrious Capo cup, which people may or may not be familiar with, but in the UP, we all know about that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Trent, uh, th- these two teams are both sitting on 10 games along with Michigan Tech. So they played the fewest games in the league. Uh, so these are chance for both of these teams, really, if they can have a big weekend to jump right back into the, the top four, into the into the McNaughton Cup com- uh, conversation. For sure. And, and you know, even beyond kind of uh, what what Lake Superior State went over over the holiday weekend with um, their their appearance in the Ledyard with uh, Dartmouth and RIT, uh, you know, losing those two games. They they didn't have a good December. I mean, they they only won two games in December, and um, I think they were two four and one. Um, so this is an opportunity for them to right the ship here going into the second half, and and to do it against a rival is huge. Uh, you got to protect it at home. And we've already talked about how key it is to win these home games um, in a league that is so tight. So I think. I think for Lake Superior State, it's about getting that offense going again. Um, you know, I think they've already proven that Ethan Langenegger is, is a solid, solid guy in that. He's he's leading the league in minutes, and and he is he's he's doing it efficiently too. I think he's he's just he's been solid for him. Um, so on the other side, you know, too with 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 Northern, it's um, you know you already have two on these guys, so you know you're going to get your best from them. And uh, they they don't they've got a tough stretch here too. After this, I mean they've they've got St. Thomas, they've got Minnesota State, and they've got Michigan Tech. So um, they're going to really need to to put two good ones together as they go into to those series against some some top teams. But but like you said, this league is so tight that this is an opportunity for a team like Northern and for a team like Lake Superior State to uh, propel themselves. Um, you know, I I, I think. Uh, I'll, I'll take the the Tim route here and say that this one's probably going to be a split. 
but um, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, who knows with, with rivalry games like this and, and with the way Lake Superior State, uh, you know, the sense of urgency that they should probably have with, with a game like this, um, a series like this, that I think that um, I could be way wrong. It could be, this could just be a, a Lake State opportunity to really, to really jump back and, and correct things. But like, but, you know, Northern has, um, is coming off of an exhibition performance against uh, Michigan Tech, where they they put together some solid offensive outings. So we'll see if they can carry it forward. And our uh, final series of the weekend, it's going to be Ferris State. The Bulldogs heading down to Minnesota State. They had a pretty uh, important, I think, sweep in Minnesota. No, no, that was been a home sweep. Tim, you have to correct me on this. Last year, uh, did Ferris go into Minnesota State and sweep them? Into Mankato and swept Madness, yes, which was really sobering for Minnesota State. Yes, and it was last year exclusively they... because of the goaltending last last December. Yes, okay, so I'm not mis- misremembering that at all. Uh, yeah, the Bulldogs. So certainly a different Minnesota State team, and I think even that team last year went back to to uh, to uh, Grand Rapids or Big Rapids, excuse me, and returned the favor to the Bulldogs uh, last year. But anyway, uh, so there is some history here between these two teams that you know. We talk about being Minnesota State being the complete team, trying to keep pace with the rest of the league. Uh, Tim, what do you see from from this Ferris State, the Minnesota State series? Ferris getting that big win. They're coming off of it from last Saturday. Yeah, uh, I think that can only take them so far. I think maybe one third of the way through that long bus trip. And that's when uh, that's when I think uh, the fairy dust will wear off from that win over Bemidji. I think that's a really tall order going in Minnesota State. I don't think they're going to get... 50 save performances on back-to-back nights. I think uh, Minnesota State, all they need now is, you know, uh, a chip on their shoulder going into this game. Um, I like the Mavericks in a, in a big way. Uh, I like their goaltending, and I and I really like uh, their forward lines. And and it's really that, that puck possession formula that, you know, the, the Mike Hastings era was noted for. Um, they've been doing that. They did it against Augustana. Um, for great stretches, um, not only dominating uh, shots attempted, but just puck on their stick um, and keeping Augustana from being able to make plays. I don't think you're going to see very many touches from Ferris State, certainly no long touches. Brent, from this one down in uh, Mankato, Mavericks an opportunity uh, to to you know climb right back in, in the, to the top one-two kind of position here, the pole position potentially. Yeah, and you kind of look at where Minnesota State is, and this is and this is why I really, um, I'm 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 really leaning on uh, on Minnesota State. I, I think that they're a uh, they they could be this team to to emerge from this uh, from this uh, conference race here as as we head down the stretch for the McNaughton Cup. They got Fair State, and then they go to Bowling Green, and then they have uh, a series at home against Northern, and those you know those are. Th- three winnable series right there. Um, so this is an opportunity to really jumpstart them as they kind of go into that. Um, and like, like Tim said, uh, you know, they possessed really well against Augustana. I expect them to do the same thing against Ferris state, uh, you know, on the other side, how, how far can, uh, can Logan Stein take you? I'm, I'm assuming he'll, he'll probably be the guy that they, they go to again. Um, still been pretty solid for him. So again, uh, you know, I, I, I know earlier in this season, uh, Minnesota State went into Big Rapids and, and won a couple. Uh, so this is this is an opportunity if, if Ferris State can can find it within them to to you know 
counter back and and even this up. Uh, that's a tall order for sure, but um, uh, you know, it, I I like I said, you know, about this league. Probably the first time I came on here, it's it's sort of been the same story. Just <laughs> expect the unexpected. Um, if if Ferris State is to come in here and and win both of these games or come away with four points or something, you know, like do what they probably shouldn't do. I think that's what you can expect at this point. Um, so it'll be, you know, it's another interesting series in the CCHA. And, um, you know, like I said, on the Minnesota State side, this is a, a really, really big opportunity to springboard them as they they go down the stretch. And these Quick teams are, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Trent, um, do, yeah. do you know the nature of Souter, why he was out? I, I didn't see the play that knocked him out. Um, I'm curious if, if we think he'll be back this weekend. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I just, I, you know, he mentioned it actually in the post game that he, you know, that he was out with an injury. I just, I didn't know if he was just a scratch or whatnot. You know, it wasn't a conference game, um, but it sounded like he he was out, you know, for an injury. So he, you know, they, you know how it is in hockey. They didn't disclose much of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think we talked earlier this season about the Sam Morton inju- inju- injury, uh, Tim, and you didn't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. You you had known about it, and I I uh, I you know it, it, what a year later we find out what had happened. <laughs> so that's right, that's right, uh, again, right. I I I I'm, I'm thinking kind of the way it made it sound is it's just um you know give maybe giving him a little uh bit of a break for uh being hurt rather than injured, but you know we'll see. And it, it it's I haven't really gotten a chance to listen to the Minnesota State presser this week if if that's been disclosed at all. So. Um, that's probably another spot I could check, but, uh, no, I haven't heard anything about the extent of the injury or anything, but, um, yeah, that's certainly a big one. Um, I, I do think Bob Daniels is going to play both goalies. I think, uh, yeah. wasn't it Giesbrecht that I, that picked up the win against Bemidji? Yeah. Um, so I, he'll, he'll split the two. I think he likes going with, with, uh, Stein on Friday and Giesbrecht on mm-hmm. Saturday. And I don't think that, and that, that was the, uh, the tandem that won the two games last year. I don't see them repeating it. I don't see any four-point miracles. But, again, expect <laughs> the unexpected. Yeah, Michigan Tech, Minnesota State, Northern Michigan, all with the fewest games played. They're all in action this weekend. So they'll be gaining, you know, ground as far as, uh, you know, games played on on some folks that are off. And, and so that kind of tightens at least that aspect of the standings up a little bit. But they couldn't get much tighter as we still have, you know, 10 points between first and and uh, seventh and the team in first has the most games played, uh, yep. and that being Bemidji State. So the Beavers are off, as we heard from uh, Eric Polkamp in our, our great interview. We want to thank him for coming on and uh, and talking to us. And also, of course, our two uh, guests for the show, Tim and Trent. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to give you guys a chance to plug something, uh, Trent, uh, before we get out of here. I know you were just on last week. Maybe not a whole lot new, but I know you, I'm sure you have new stories you're working on all the time. So, yeah, for sure. Check my stuff out at uh, the Rink Live. And again, if you're in the Sioux Falls area, you can read it at Sioux Falls Live. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a story on the Rink this week uh, on uh, on uh, Bowling Green goalie Cole Moore, who um, was the December Player of the Month in the CCHA. So, um, yeah, uh, check out my stuff and and always read Tim's stuff. Tim's stuff is great too. I'm going to do what Jared did last week and plug him. So. <laughs> That. <laughs> that's right jared did return that favor yeah tim what do you what do you got cooking here i know you're on our site now for um, the remainder of the season uh you know for a few weeks here well i've, I've previewed all these games on flowhockey.tv yep so um i had a little fun with that uh this weekend nothing too uh too outrageous but um 
yeah, it'll be a, a nice little um, uh, rhythm between uh, you guys on Mondays and uh, flowhockey.tv on Thursdays before for the big games. And remember, Thursday night might be, that's tomorrow. I don't know when you're posting this. It'll be up tonight. Thursday yep, you'll be able might to hear be it. the best game of the weekend. Well, hopefully, because that's the one I'll be at. Hockey. And I don't have to worry about any <laughs> other games that night. So that's the, the good news for me personally and for anyone who follows Tech and uh, St. Thomas. And there's a lot of Tech alums in the capital or in the capital region in the here we go back to my troy roots there in the uh in the twin cities we'll be making the trek over to i'm sure a sold out uh game between tech and st thomas there so yeah thank guys thanks for coming on thanks perry Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com. 